Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Feeling busy. We're both gearing up for a, a trip down to San Diego next week. There's a lot mm-hmm. to do before then, but happy to be here. Yeah, very much so. Happy to be here and staying busy. That is the best way to describe things right now. But we got a fun episode today. We are breaking down the Season 14 developer AMA on Reddit, uh, which was an absolute awesome source of information. So I'm really excited for us to dive into it. Before we do that, though, make sure if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review to guarantee it makes its way onto the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison for our latest thoughts on all things. I was going to say all things Apex, but can't promise that it stays to just Apex. So on all things. <laughs> all things. If you want to support the show uh, beyond just a, a Twitter follow, please check out our Patreon page. We have a ton of great benefits there from exclusive merchandise, behind the scenes episodes, ad-free episodes, of course, uh, but most notably access to our private lobby tournaments, which are extremely popular and fill up very quickly. So if you want to be the first to have access to those signups, definitely join the Patreon so that you don't miss out. Yeah, well said. With that, though, let's kind of dive into the entire show. And let's start with high level. I, I want to talk about the Reddit AMA as a whole. It's something that used to happen every season. It's been quite a while since we've had it. Um, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but... And do you happen to remember when the last one was? If not, I'll just keep going. Because I it's don't know the first off the top one of my this head. Year. It has to be the first yeah. one this year. It's been a long, long time. And also with just missing out on the dev streams uh, on season releases, it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a formal kind of access to developers where they're preparing to answer things and they are ready to share um, things that might be in the works. Yeah, but it's this awesome level of transparency and the opportunity to hear out community questions that I think makes for something Henry and I always like. Um, so this was essentially two separate AMAs, one around game modes, the new gun run LTM, and one around weapons and legends. How we're gonna, gonna kind of going to cover this today is we're going to go question and answer by question and answer. We pulled a handful of the ones that uh, we thought were quite insightful. So we're kind of just going to go through, read the entire things, share our thoughts, and spitball about it. Before we kind of just start going into them, though, got to give a shout out to the developers that were answering questions and participating. Uh, we had Eric Canavis. I'm sorry, Eric, if you're listening to the show. Uh, the senior game designer on Weapons. Then we had Devin McGuire, senior game designer on Legends. And we had Robert West, uh, lead game designer on Apex Legends overall. Quite exciting. Good trio. Uh, Eric has always been awesome to hear talk about weapons in particular, I will share. And so I think a really cool group of guys. What are kind of some of your thoughts, though, before we dive in, just overall Reddit AMA structure, likes, dislikes, if anything? Feel free to share. Yeah, it definitely is a good question. Like, how should this be, like, produced and then shared um 
Reddit has a really strong Apex Legends community. Like compared to even other games, it's very, very popular. So in terms of getting this kind of access to developers on a platform where enough players are, it's not that bad. I think that it's a good way to do it, especially when it's, you know, text-based so that you have some time to respond. You can kind of vet answers with the team. It makes sense. Obviously, I wish that this could be a little bit more mainstream in terms of maybe being on video, you know, being able to submit questions and then having it on a podcast or on a on a YouTube video or something like that. Um, I think perhaps these AMAs could have a little bit more publicity or exposure behind them. Yeah. I mean, even just like announcements on other socials pointing towards them when they do go live would be awesome for people to see. But overall, uh, no heavy complaints. I'm really excited we got these. And we'll just go through these now one by one. We're going to start by reading the question. Then we'll read the answer. Um, yeah, start it off. Uh, first question, will we see an arcade-type playlist ever which has LTMs playing consistently? Seems like there's so many good LTMs, one of Apex's strengths, and yet we see them so infrequently or we only ever see a couple more than all the others. Having a weekly rotation arcade playlist or something along these lines could really help break the constant BR grind-up. Uh, answer to this question was, quote, the team is always exploring ways to improve how we approach LTMs. We've seen the playlist feedback, and it's definitely something we'll consider as well. There's a lot of cool stuff happening with LTMs, so keep an eye out because we'll be sharing more in future seasons. More confirmation, Henry. Yeah. That it's at least being considered and thought about because it's an idea we've talked about a lot lately. Yeah, I find the wording of the response kind of interesting because he says, we will consider this. Like mm-hmm. they're not already thinking about that. Like maybe they have something bigger in the works or a different direction that is currently their path. Um, so I'm really curious. You know, LTMs mm-hmm. are a big deal. Um, you know, probably more so than town takeovers, but I think those are both pieces of content that people like um in the game besides just new weapons and new legends. Um I'm excited. I think everybody's mm-hmm. excited for this with control, gun run being such wins. To have more of it would be mm-hmm. great. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Uh, I'd love this. I've started calling my shots on saying, like, I think we're going to get the, some sort of playlist change uh, next season, which is backed by mm, no information. Uh, just just feeling it just feeling it right now and henry knows when i usually try and ask for something really specific that sometimes the video game gods grant it so i'm putting it out there now (laughs) shay has a very good track record very very good track record of speaking to the games um next question that was asked was when developing gun run was it always intended to be a squad style game mode or was there ever consideration to it being a solo mode like a typical gun game. Response was, we initially prototyped a few different versions to try out, from free-for-all to only two teams. But during playtesting, we found the most fun was with the squad-based version. So we really focused on that route early on. I think this is a really cool illustration of how much ideation goes into these game modes, that it isn't just one idea, press and play. Like, Considered it both, like considered free for all, considered two teams, obviously probably considered three and probably considered five at some point in time as well. 
Um, and to see them take that route and come to where we're at, I think is really cool. Yeah, I, I have to just kind of applaud Gun Run because I think the pacing is amazing. Like, I think no, that no. you mm-hmm. are getting plenty of time to chase kills, get really active, but there's also still enough breathing room that you can get a med kit off. You know, you can mm-hmm. recover if you want to. So I think the pacing is great. And I think, like many players, I, I dropped into Gun Run thinking that it was probably going to be a solos, free for all kind of style. But once I kind of learned how the progression mechanic worked, I love that it's squad based. I think that it's like a lot of fun and it allows you to skip over that charge rifle, you know, if, uh, if your teammate can get the kill. So I think uh, I like what came out. And even though maybe you were expecting solos, it works. Yeah. Yeah. They got a really good mode in the end, one that a lot of people are liking. Um, next question. Is there any chance for the throwing knife to be available outside the LTM in the future? Response, no plans currently. The throwing knife was designed as the final weapon in Gun Run and is tuned to be quite lethal. Even if we make it an airdrop weapon, it would probably need some changes when considering Battle Royale. thought that was worth sharing as I've seen that talked about a lot specifically on social media and our Discord, but probably a heartbreaker for some people to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't expect it to come through uh, into the game. What could be fascinating, our third had kind of thrown this idea out initially, is could you implement a throwing knife into a Legends kit in any Mm -hmm. way? Tactical, ultimate, whatever. Um, Maybe, you know? But having something that can kill so quickly um, Mm -hmm. probably doesn't have any place in a BR where there's no, no respawn. With such a high skill gap as yeah. well. Like, look at arc star frustration is causing. Um, yeah, this would be a... I think it would cause a lot more harm than it would bring good and fun to the game, especially when it has its place in an LTM specifically built for it, uh, which is really cool. I will say real quick before I move on from the uh, knives, some of the clips I'm seeing, man, of people getting their final knife kills are blowing my mind because I can't hit people two feet in front of me sometimes. And I see people grappling, 360-ing, yep, cross-map. Awesome. I'm just like, oh my goodness, the best. <laughs> yeah. The last question regarding the kind of different modes and definitely gun run. Question is, any chance of doing more LTMs with a respawn system in place like control? Maybe a form of team deathmatch or a free-for-all? We're always prototyping new ideas and working on things at different stages of development. There is certainly a chance we see more LTMs with the respawning mechanic in the future. I think this is great. I think this is a sign of awesome stuff to come. Um, you know, something that we've talked about a lot is wanting more respawning. And I think that this is great to hear the developers say that that's probably going to happen for the sounds of it at some point. What mode? then becomes kind of the question like what do you really want to see when push comes to shove and i think uh you know i won't speak for you but i got some i got some ideas (laughs) yeah yeah i I think that having a faster game mode where you can hop on apex and get straight into the action is the way to prolong the life of apex um Mm -hmm. battle royales are slow you know, and if you can get people into the action faster, you're going to attract more players, you're going to keep more players. 
And just by giving options, I think that's going to be really healthy. So I think the hope is a more a playlist with Respawn. But if we have to take LTMs for the foreseeable future, we'll take it. Yeah, I think that's that's totally right. We're going to dive in some of the AMA questions now surrounding the weapons in particular. Um, starting with the weapon around the Spitfire. Uh, the question was, what was the reasoning for changing the Spitfire to light ammo? With the Rampage going into the care package and the Wingman using sniper ammo, I feel like there's a real imbalance between light versus heavy weapons in the loot pool. Response. It's not always just the number of weapons within each ammo type. We look at many factors, and one of the determining factors in this decision was the balance of medium to late game viable weapons within the ammo types. The early game light ammo offerings are plenty, but lack robustness towards the later stages of the games. Whereas heavy ammos have quite a fleshed out late game lineup, pulling the Spitfire into light ammo helps even out the spread and gives us more breathing room when we think about what a weapon will be going into the crafter, when a weapon will be going into the crafter. Or care packages. A perfect example of this is when the 301 was in the crafter and the scout in the care package. It didn't feel like light had enough viable weapons in the late game, which pushed us into a lopsided heavy meta. Thoughts, Henry? One on the really interesting concept, and yeah. two on the Spitfire being considered a medium to late game weapon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they kind of danced around that question a little bit because I don't think that it's up for debate if light versus heavy early middle late game whatever you want to say like the wingman and the spitfire being taken out of heavy has a massive impact um Mm -hmm. to it's just popularity so i i don't know did you have another insight to their response no i mean i thought the concept was interesting around like we need to balance the ammo types for each stage of yeah. the loot pool, not just the quantity. Because I'll be honest, I think we've always looked at it as quantity. And when, then when we've done correct comparisons, we've probably almost leaned towards the win being who has the more late mm-hmm. to medium games uh, have or weapons. And I think that's a really interesting concept. And when you like kind of count out the weapons, that does make some sense why you would put Spitfire towards light to an extent. But I also don't think the Spitfire is very good right now, which is why it's even weirder and uh, doesn't truly feel like it fits because of that. I almost feel like it would be, you know, great in the heavy weapon class, serving its place as like a medium early game weapon, essentially. So, yeah, yeah, I I just think we've gone through the light versus heavy as a full episode, but just yeah. a snippet is heavy weapons are burst weapons. So you yeah. have, you know, the Prowler and the Hemlock. Those are harder. Those are probably not as good as their fully automatic counterparts on the light side. You know, how can you mm-hmm. compare a Hemlock to an R301? No contest. How could you compare, you know, a Prowler to the combined options of having the car as light or the R9 or the alternator? Like it's just so lopsided right now. Um and it didn't really need to be. You know, I, I think the Spitfire going light was a weird choice. And I was surprised by this answer that they felt like it was reversed um, and that that was going to solve it. And heavy weapons were really strong, but that just seems like swinging the pendulum in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Next question was regarding the wingman. 
Changing the wingman to sniper ammo was a big meta shakeup. Is the team pleased with the end results? The response was absolutely. The wingman is incredibly lethal in the right hands, and the sniper ammo changes have allowed it to keep its lethality but tamp down how easy it can be to run. We're really happy with the ammo economy this season, and the wingman feels like it's in a healthy spot. It was a medium risk, high reward weapon. We've steepened the risk on it, but wanted to retain the reward. I think this is cool to hear. And I think, I don't know, do you and I have different opinions on the change overall? Because I'm pretty happy with the change still. And I think it plays quite well. And so I think it's cool to see that developers kind of have said, hey, we made this change for these reasons, the ones that we talked about upon release and obvious stuff. And this is kind of working and it's played out how we were expecting to, to an extent. Yeah, I love it. It's absolutely insane. But I love it. Like I don't think anybody uh, who is a player would have ever thought that the revolver should take sniper ammo and sniper mags, and that's going to solve the wingman problem. But I agree subjectively that it has. And I love the fact that they didn't have to take any of the raw power or just any of the metrics, and they just like tuned the looting of this weapon. Um, I think that it's really impressive that they feel like they have gotten it under control and we haven't heard any outcry from the community. But yeah. if you love the wingman, the wingman's still there and you can still run it without concern. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the key takeaway for sure. Um, next question regarding the G7. Is there a particular reason why the G7 Scout gets the most out of a gray slash blue slash purple mag? There's no other gun that gets 50% more ammo by getting a gray mag from 10 to 15. Response, question, we were actually talking about this just the other day in one of our balance sinks. We actually do like that the capacity increases on mags from gun to gun defer and aren't linear. There's some interesting micro decisions making to be had when some weapons scale better with attachments than others. We like that players can discover things that might make them think about the loot differently. The Scout is a great call-out as a weapon that scales very well with a white mag, whereas an R301 only gets two more rounds. If I wanted to get the best bang for my buck on white light mags, I know which one I'll use until I get to the blue mag. This gives the weapon more personality, something that we're always looking to enhance and push on. Oh, I love this. I mean, if you listen to yeah. a third-party podcast, you would have known two years ago. But um, yeah, love it. <laughs> It's really good. I think that definitely a listener of the show uh, maybe yes. asked this question. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't say this is something they, didn't, they wanted to take away, that this is something that they like. And mm-hmm. we, of course, would agree that it is cool that you can make loot decisions um, based off of these characteristics that one a mag is not linear or equivalent mm-hmm. across the board, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that that is the cool takeaway is that that unique characteristic is something they look for. And maybe the thought that it's coming up in you know a recent balancing meeting means it's something that we could look forward to on future weapons as well. Because it's a, it's a really cool function, 100%. Next weapon question is regarding the EPG. Not sure if you can discuss this, but do you guys ever try to create weapons made exclusively for care packages like the Kraber? Personally, I think the EPG would make an amazing airdrop gun. 
crazy that this AMA, everybody's talking about airdrop, all right? That's not the terminology, <laughs> but on both sides, people are calling it airdrop. Um, the response was, it's not completely off the table, and we've definitely prototyped some care package-only weapons. But ultimately, with the amount of work it takes to build new and exciting weapons, limiting them to the care package feels underwhelming. I'm not saying we won't ever do it, but when evaluating how we want to spend our dev time, weapons that can be cycled onto the floor are valued much higher because they can impact the meta in a more meaningful way as we continue to refine and balance the game. I think this is a really interesting takeaway. Um, obviously, it, it I think implies that it's not something in development right now. Like this is not where they're currently spending resources. Um, but it's not a no at the same time. Is this something you would want? Is the question I kind of want to throw to you out of this, like care package specific weapons like the EPG, which is, by the way, that it's the, uh, what's it stand for? I don't remember off the top of my head. It's from Titanfall 2, though. Yeah. Is um, it like explosive? Uh, something propelled something? grenade. Yeah. Yeah. It might yeah. be electromagnetic. I don't know. Energy. Energy. Energy propelled grenade, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Makes sense. Kind of an orb. Um, to answer your question, yeah, I, I would love to simplify the care package so that the weapons are the weapons. You have guns like the Kraber that stay there. They're very, very powerful. You never pass them up. I don't love the care package being used as a balancing item that mm -hmm. takes away a gun for a year or half a year. I think that is really disappointing um, and could be frustrating and hasn't worked in the past. Like major flop for the R99 um, mm -hmm. as an example where that really impacts the meta and I don't think the care package should do that. Um, what do you think? Even though it's not going to happen. I mean, I I'd like to see them. I think it's cool. I, I remember the L-Star coming into the game as a care package weapon um, and thinking that was really cool and that it flopped because it wasn't strong in the, yeah. coming out of the care package. So I think if you can avoid that mistake, I still think there would be excitement there and there's something fun about, oh, new piece of content comes out and you have to go to the care package to be able to find it. Uh, I think that's a cool function as well. Um, last question on the weapon stuff, kind of just around some crazy weapon concepts. Uh, the question was, what were the craziest weapon ideas you guys came up with in meetings, which almost made it into the game? I think this is cool that it's almost made it into the game. The response, now we're talking. We prototyped the shotgun where each of the pellets was basically a bouncy ball. You could shoot it into a room and it was pure chaos. Each bounce just reduced the damage to the pellet and it was designed to be sort of like a flushing out tool. But ultimately, taking bullet damage from enemies you cannot see yet felt unfair. We ended up scrapping the idea, but it was a pretty hectic couple of play tests. Another one very early iteration of the Rampage lit people on fire and allowed you to quote-unquote paint thermite wherever you shot. It was actually cool to, to tactically put thermite patches down, but we found layering and shooting the ground people walked onto to maximize their panic and your own area control was just too much in a number of ways. What do you think of these concepts, dude? Really interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, you know, uh, fighting in close quarters is already something that I tried to avoid at all cost. Um, mm -hmm. Like in a very tight building, I would think a 
a weapon that I'm forgetting kind of like a ricochet shot um, would be very deadly. I think I'm yeah. happy that that didn't come to the game. Um, Rampage, such a fascinating weapon because I felt it came to the game so incredibly balanced, like just perfect. And the fact that they were trying to take it up a notch and make something that was really like a standout is kind of surprising since at the time, you know, the Spitfire was on the out. People were up in arms about a heavy LMG. It would have been chaos if the Rampage came out of the box like this um, as a flamethrower, pretty much. Yeah, it would have definitely been exciting, uh, to say the least. Uh, I can't even imagine. I mean, Rampage, Rampage has already had its time in like the shine, the shine, time to shine of being like an annoying weapon. I can't even imagine what this would have been like on release. People would have been going crazy. Uh, before we keep rolling on the questions, though, we're going to take a quick ad break. Welcome back. We're diving into legends now. So some legend-focused questions. Um, let you take this first one. Yeah. Many seasons ago, Pathfinder was given a temporary passive while a real one was being brainstormed. At least that's how it was presented to the community. Are y'all still brainstorming, or have you decided Pathfinder doesn't deserve a real passive? Aggressive question. Very. A little <laughs> passive aggressive, too. Yeah. Um, but the response was, we're very aware of this perception of Pathfinder, and we've heard numerous suggestions of new passives from the team and the community. We are looking at it, but we don't want to slap a new passive on a legend who is already well-liked, powerful, and performing well at the risk of adding to his already potent combat power or shifting development time that is needed to service other legends or meta concerns when there's no immediate need. But I'm hopeful the future is friendly in the upcoming seasons. I think kind of a further confirmation of what we know, uh, to say yeah. the least. <laughs> Nothing like groundbreaking on that one, but always, always have to share what the latest Pathfinder news is for people. Yeah, I felt like this was a pretty nice response, um, yeah. all things considered. Um, because from, I think, my personal standpoint, legend balancing has not been a priority over the last year. Like, it's not that, oh, we need to focus on legends uh, at the bottom or people that have real big issues. We need to fix those immediately. Like, Lopez Tactical needs to get fixed. So we can't work on passives for Pathfinder or we need to buff Mirage. Like, these things aren't really happening. So I felt like this is a pretty nice answer. Um, saying that maybe this does happen in the next few seasons, mm -hmm. but they are working on some legend balancing. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but that's what mm -hmm. they said. We'll see. Uh, next question, though. Uh, we were previously told that the scan meta was going to be addressed. Any updates? Response, we understand the frustration around legend abilities that scan and their tactical dominance at higher levels of play. Some of these abilities, however, are core to play patterns and identities of the legends themselves, so it's not a simple task to address. We are actively looking into it and playtesting potential iterations, but we want to be comfortable with changes that reduce the frustration without reducing the value of these legends in the squad before any release. That is such a hard thing to do. Yeah. Like Reducing the value of frustration around scans without reducing the value of the legend Oh man, I mean, 
it sounds like they say they're echoing that they understand the frustrations and are working on it, just don't have a fix in place. And I'm not sure what that fix in place could be either. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm so grade. extreme on this. Like, I just, I think it's a non-starter. I don't even care about it. I think that you've done a lot of good stuff visually to inform players that they can be seen when scanned for the most part. And I like it. I like that Maggie has, you know, a little bit of a scannability into her passive. I would like to extend it. Like I would be happy if that doubled. I like that Fuse's ultimate allows you to, you know, scan a building if you throw a mortar on it. I think that based off of the visual UI that informs players that they are revealed is enough. And I think couple that with the time to kill in Apex, I don't have a problem with it. And I kind of wish the developers would say that because, like you said, that's a very big challenge. And truthfully, I don't think that's happening. I don't think you're going to, you know, gut Bloodhound's kit, gut Sirius' kit, take away all these, you know, scan abilities because they're fun and they're effective and they give you some variety above just mobility and defense. You know, I, I think they need to be in the game and I wish the developers would take a hard stance on it because I don't think it's going anywhere. So there was a way longer question and a way longer response that I didn't put in this episode. Um, but one of the things I'll recall from it that I thought was interesting around what you've kind of said is there was they were talking about Sears passive and the concept around how is it is it is it fair for a passive like Sears to exist and to not alert people that they've been identified and not come with any punishment, unlike you know a bloodhound scan where obviously you've been scanned, you know the kind of the general direction, you know like all the other ones you mentioned, fuse stuff, you know you are very aware now that stuff is going on, and I think I honestly think that Sears passive is just the cause of this. It's like scan meta frustration because of that. Like that to me seems like things people are frustrated about the unlimited free recon. Like I feel like if you could just figure that out, the rest of this wouldn't be a big discussion. Um, and I like that's a good. It's a good passive. It's a great part of his kit. It's why he's strong. But I I do understand the frustration around kind of that specific unlimited and unpenalized iteration of that and they had a lot of good responses to that along with like things they tested but it not and then just being the issue of is it it's probably not good enough at that point as well and so that's a hard yeah. line to walk i'm with you though i don't mind recon that see your passive is kind of the only thing i kind of see the argument for and understand the frustrations around to uh you know to that the community does get frustrated with i remember Back in the day, season six, you know, big bloodhound buffs. Back People were day. upset at <laughs> this wall hack scan meta even before Seer. Yeah. But I think you're probably right that it is Seer at the forefront of people's minds right now. I just think it's so niche that you do get upset at the Seer passive and you can kind of talk about those penalties and how it's constructed. Because the only situation where it really sucks is if you're ratting. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're trying to be stealth and there's a seer up, oh, that's not going to work. And you didn't really have a chance. Uh, you didn't know it was coming. Um, 
And it's tough because in one way, that's absolutely true. Could they add a you know heartbeat to Seer so you knew he was coming like Jaws? Maybe, but would that be effective enough? And is that enough of a nerf? Very much unknown. But the other thing is Seer's entire kit is recon. Yeah. All he's got, mm-hmm. all he has, you know, like if you were to take away that passive, you would have to give him something else that wasn't recon. And then that puts him in a very different ballpark in terms of what his even potential is as a legend. So if that's kind of where the scan meta conversation is around, it's tough. I, I don't know what, what the future holds for Seer. Um, yeah. He's a tough legend. Either way, I'm fascinated to see what they do on this topic if we do get some of the stuff they're you know testing implemented into the game it'll be really interesting and i think either way i'm with you though i'd like to hear their opinion a bit more you know set in stone and firm Uh, but we're not done talking wall hacks and stuff uh next question what's the thinking behind so many wall hack style abilities do you have plans to move away from that or build counters to it since it's already so prevalent Response, we are actively looking into the frustration that can come from these abilities and finding ways to reduce it without crippling the identities of the legends who wield them. Just wanted to include that to you know, express how much of a double down it is on how hard it is to alter these abilities without crippling the legend. Crippling the legends being the wording, which is, I think, further into the point of it is really probably just the seer and bloodhound and maybe people are really frustrated with crypto, but I think there's, I think the people that are mad at the fuse one and all that kind of stuff, they're just using that to echo their frustrations on the other characters and stuff rather than it actually being a problem, per se. That's my opinion on it, but yeah. To the people that are very against it, I think you look advantage and you see that she released without it. You know, they could have easily given a, a reveal wall hack on her ultimate and they didn't they they removed that so i think there's some positives uh to the direction of where they're heading in terms of wall hack style abilities getting just handed out to everybody next question in the same vein any chance that we will get a seer nerf in the coming balance update and what are your thoughts on the concept of bangalore smokes countering scan abilities response was can't speak to future changes at this point. However, we are aware of the concerns surrounding scan abilities in the game. Bangalore's smoke hard countering scan abilities has come up before, but we are more keen to find a way to address the frustrations with scans as a whole rather than enforce a enforce her to be the answer to the problem, especially if the result would take away from Bangalore's personal play potential off her own smokes. This is interesting. Like as someone that doesn't see it as the huge problem, I was like, I wonder if that would be how it would play out. If people would see Bangalore as the solution and we would see a huge rise in Bangalore play if they made that change. That's kind of, I was curious. What are you, What's your thoughts on that? I just kind of was shocked that they kind of threatened, like, if that's going to be the case, then we're nerfing her smoke. Yeah. Like, I, like, that's how big of an issue this kind of is, that they're saying, to counter scan abilities, that gives you so much value that we're probably going to jack up the, the cooldown. We might even cut down how many you can have. Like I, I kind of thought that was surprising that it's that powerful to not be scanned. Um, yeah. 
at least from the passive ones. I, I would hate to see a world where you lay down a bloodhound scan and mm-hmm. you don't know if anybody's in front of you. Yeah, um, I agree. Bangalore or not. I think it makes a lot of sense that the smoke counters hack crypto's drone um, mm-hmm. because you know he's piloting that. You can see it. Kind of makes sense. I can get it. I can get behind it. But I want a thermal scope on crypto drone on hack. Give it to me. At least so you can see. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Always love for crypto, but I I don't think Bangalore is the answer to this. I think that they're right that a more holistic answer is probably the way to go. Yeah. I'm just more along the lines of, I don't think we need an answer to this. Um, I think it's okay. Next question. Will there ever be a Wraith tweak? Response, will there ever be a Wraith tweak? Absolutely. Heard it here first. Wraith tweak incoming. Nerf. Huge nerf incoming. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Um, I just think it's funny. I think it's funny that she's still getting kind of the attention from the audience. And I think it's uh I think it's more of a hint hint, nudge, nudge, like people will continue to get changes, you know, regardless yeah. of how long they've, you know, been where they are, how long they've been in the game. It's not everybody's gonna be Bangalore where they, you know, just release perfectly and stay as is the entire time. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that Wraith used to be the queen of Apex, unchallenged. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where Bloodhound has come up the ranks to be a you know, staple of Apex. We've had Octane as well, who's been amazingly uh, popular, mm-hmm. but then even have stints with Valk and even an amazing you know, launch of Horizon. I think Wraith is not as dominant as she was, and that's amazing to me because she has invincibility. So they've yeah. done a really good job with introducing new legends, but also tweaking her. She's definitely never fallen off too far, though. Uh, no, to say the never least. too far. Sitting still in third right now um, yeah. on the latest update. But yeah, definitely. She's a cool case study for sure. Last question that we pulled from the AMA. Question is, why does legend balancing happen so infrequently? It's odd that we often wait an entire season or several seasons before a legend gets touched, even though they clearly need to be. It's also very underwhelming when the balance changes are very minimal when the legends finally do get touched after so long. The response was, there is a competing reality in a live service game like Apex, where developers have to prioritize their work efforts between feature developments for future seasons and balance changes to the existing game. Sometimes minor balance changes are simple to make and just require tuning numbers. Other times they require rewriting abilities or pulling in new animations, visual effects, or audio that must be added to development schedules on top of current release timelines. However, none of these changes can go out without testing, both for bugs and to validate that the impact of that change actually works to solve the problem doesn't create new ones. Because of this, it can take time to see balance changes made into the game. I think this was... I read between the lines on this one, and and I kind of hear, hey, the game's pretty balanced, as is Mm -hmm. right now, and our resources are going towards future development. New legends, new map updates, features, hopefully new modes, all that kind of fun stuff. And the balancing of other legends is not as high of a priority as that right now. 
that's I'm jumping to fully. conclusions, but that's kind of how I read it. I agree fully. I think reading that response, please do not take away that they say it's too hard to balance legends. Like they just don't have the time or the resources, they can't do it. They have entire live balance teams. Okay. Like don't, I don't think that's the right takeaway from this, um, especially since we've seen them do tons of legend balancing and tons of reworks before. So, yeah. I think the positive spin on it is exactly what you said, that right now we are very, very balanced. We've put in a lot of work, specifically in 2021, and now we're going to the future and we're investing in new modes, new legends, new maps, the works. So I think that was a good response. And and that's exciting in of itself. It, is. it, it might not be like what people want to hear, but that's, I think something to seriously look forward to. Um, but, I mean, stuff's changed since the game first came out and we used to get all those intense you know, reworks and stuff. I think keep your eyes peeled. If you see someone new join the team and their titles around game design, legends, maybe we'll get more stuff because it sounds like it can be as simple as that as well, is that resources have to be pointed somewhere so if we see them bring in more resources that could point towards more uh, web legend design and i think we keep a surprisingly close eye on uh, the people that make announcements that they're working yep. with respawn so you'll know uh, if you listen to the podcast <laughs> for sure let's put together some closing thoughts though on all of this anything you like want to take out of this and reiterate and highlight again or where where do you want to go yeah i i think Overall, we didn't get a whole lot of insight as to what's coming in the future. You know, that wasn't mm-hmm. really what this was about. But we did get insight that they feel like they're on the right track, that they're confident in what they're doing on the legend side, the weapon side. Things are really optimistic on the game mode side. And then I, I thought it was cool to get some fun insights to what almost got into the game or some yeah. of those crazy ideas. Um the fact that they have actually prototyped weapons for the care package only recently kind of blows my mind mm-hmm. um, that they would even do that considering what the last year of the care packages looked like. Um, so I kind of thought those were fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I think overall it, it was really cool that they always see this interaction with the community and it doesn't have to be, you know, what's coming next. That doesn't have to be the stuff that we get that's exciting it's always cool to hear the thought process on what they've done and it can we can use that to think about what they will do in the future um and and so i think overall i always love this stuff hope we get more of it i hope this is maybe a seasonal thing at this point and uh overall i think apex is in some solid hands i think the weapon team whether we kind of agree with the way that they're thinking about things they are seriously thinking about these weapons very specifically and in a very interesting way um very detailed at this point in time and i think eric's doing a great job uh, i don't know if he's leading that team but he's obviously kind of the one we've seen the most vocal with and we're seeing a lot of weapon changes season by season uh that are really exciting so i think that's a really cool thing to continue to keep an eye on absolutely that's going to wrap things up, though. Thanks so much to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple. Give us a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom! <laughs>
Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>